0: Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out our other Time of Grace podcasts, like the podcast, Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. If you don't know Amber, she is smart, she's witty, she's insightful, she's honest, she's blunt, she's comforting, she's amazing. You're going to love her. So just search for Little Things wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now on to today's episode. The other day, a 12-year-old asked me a really difficult question. With these little cards that we leave in our programs during the church services, where people can ask honest questions about our church or about God or about the Bible. And this 12-year-old left me a really simple short question. It just said, Why Christianity? I thought that was a pretty good and, and bold question to ask as a 12-year-old. He was asking me as a Christian pastor. Why Christianity? Yeah, you know, I open this book, I say this is the word of God, but why trust this book instead of the other holy books of other religions? Why Christianity? And I'm hoping to run into him at church one of these days, because I've been thinking about an answer that I'd give. Why would we read this book? Why would we believe it actually comes from God? Why would we choose this path instead of another? And let me give you a little hint of what my answer is going to be to him. Three things. The prophets, the apostles, and Jesus. Why should you be compelled to read this book? Not just because of the hundred million copies it sells every year, but because of its unique place in anything that's ever been written. The prophets, the apostles, and Jesus. Here's what I mean. The prophets are some of the people that fill the pages of the Old Testament. Remember, that's what happened B.C., before Christ. And yet, what the prophets say is often so specific And it's so accurate to what happened in the life of Jesus that it seems like there's no way they could ever have known that unless God was speaking through them. I think of the story we heard earlier this week of that Ethiopian man who's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And he was just on that page in Isaiah, chapter 53, where it said that the Messiah would come and he would be pierced for our transgressions. He wouldn't open his mouth and object to his injustice and said he would die be buried in a rich man's tomb and then see the light of life. And you have to ask yourself, how in the world did Isaiah know that? How did he know that Jesus would be pierced? How did he know that Jesus wouldn't talk back during his trial? How did he know that Jesus wouldn't be buried in any tomb but in the tomb of a rich man? His name was Joseph of Arimathea. And how in the world did he know that the Messiah would come back to life and see light at the resurrection from the grave? Well, the easiest answer to that question is because Isaiah wasn't speaking on his own. He had help because all scripture is God-breathed. The prophets. But then there's the apostles. 2,000 years ago, if you would have run into the apostle Peter or the apostle John on the street and asked them that question, why Christianity? They wouldn't have said, well, because that's how I was raised. Or, that's what I've always believed. Or, I don't know, I just really feel like it's true in my heart. Now, do you know what Peter and John would have said? Do you know what they actually said in the book of Acts? We witnessed it. And you did too. When they would try to persuade people who weren't convinced about Jesus, they would not just appeal to personal beliefs or emotional feelings. They would appeal to historical facts. That people of that time knew that Jesus of Nazareth was put on a cross. And not just one or two close followers, but dozens, even hundreds of people, had witnessed him alive after his death. Why Christianity? It's the predictions of the prophets. It's the eyewitness of the apostles. And my third answer is this. Jesus. In this book, when we read about Jesus, we find something that no one else offers us. We find a God of crazy, relentless, unconditional love. This morning, after I made breakfast for my wife and daughters, I opened my Bible to do a little bit of personal study. And this was the verse that I read. Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us according to the will of God, our Father. And those words stunned me. Jesus didn't give a little money or a little time. He gave himself. He actually died. Why? For our sins. I sinned and you sinned. I was impatient and you were proud. I didn't put my family first. You didn't respect your boss. We've sinned in so many ways. So what did Jesus do? He gave himself. (laughs) And get this. It's according to the will of our God and Father. This is what God willed. It's what he wanted. It's what made God pleased and happy to give his one and only son so that people like us, sinners like us, could be rescued and one day see the face of God. Who would make that up? What man-made religion would say it's just a gift? It's all grace. It's yours through faith in Jesus. So, I can't wait to see this (laughs) 12-year-old. Why Christianity? I'm going to tell him the crazy predictions of, of the prophets, the incredible eyewitness accounts of the apostles, and the incredible and gracious uniqueness of Jesus. I hope it convinces him, and I hope it convinces you to read this book, not just today, but for the rest of your life. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, who... Who would do what you did? Sometimes at the end of a day, I'm frustrated with myself. And I can't believe I fell into the same struggle and sin again. But you gave up everything and you knew that I would struggle. You knew that we would sin so frequently in so many ways. You knew that we would repeat the same old things again and again. And yet, you gave up everything. And, Heavenly Father, that was your will. You are a God of such patience and love. It's, it's almost impossible for us to grasp. I thank you that you put down the words of love in this book, the Bible. And now I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help me, that you would help us to open the pages of this book, to treasure it, to meditate on it, and to seek you through it. Our days are filled with a thousand good things that we could do, but never, never, never let those good things take the place of the best thing. To hear your voice, to have you comfort our hearts, and in some way, through faith, to see your glorious and accepting face. We pray this, God, and we thank you for your word. We ask it all today in Jesus' name. Amen.